0: And let me invite your attention to Revelation chapter 4. Heaven, what questions still remain? The Lord Jesus Christ changed my life as a young boy sitting on our basement steps. We've been having revival services and the Holy Spirit convicted me and I knew that I was lost. You say, what does that mean? I was separated from him, that I've sinned against him. And sitting on our basement steps, the Lord Jesus saved me and changed my life. As you think about your life, when did you come to Christ? When did the Lord Jesus change your life? And as I look back over my life, even to this day, have I always obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ? The answer would be no. But when I look at my life today, do I have assurance that I'm gonna spend eternity in heaven? And the answer would be absolutely yes. I know I'm gonna be in heaven, again, not because of what I've done, Not because of what I might do, but it's because of what he did for me on the cross that he gave his life for me, buried in a tomb, raised on the third day. The only way to be saved is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible's clear about that. But also as I think about my life, I've always lived my life desiring to have a teachable spirit. And so there are times that I would request opportunities to meet with leaders in ministry, and I would say, I want to meet with you and I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I'm going to be well prepared. And so I want to ask you questions about ministry, about leadership, about theology. And I've met with some wonderful, wonderful godly leaders over the years, just because a desire to learn and to continue to grow in the Christian life, but also in Christian ministry. Now, as we think about this series on heaven, we've talked about a lot of things. What are we going to expect there, and how do we go there? What's going to be missing? What are we going to do when we get to heaven? And today, what questions still remain? Now, now these aren't on your outline, but I want to give you a few thoughts that some people are going to be asking. For example, some people are going to say, are we going to eat in heaven? Uh, We like to eat as Baptists, or are we going to eat in heaven? It was like George and Sue. George and Sue had been married for 65 years. They were 85 years of age. Uh, They had a wonderful life together. They were healthy because they ate well. They exercised all the time. But tragically, they were killed together. And so George and Sue get to heaven, and an angel meets them. And an angel takes them to their mansion. And George was overwhelmed because in the mansion, the furniture was gold. The floors were marble. And there was even a waterfall in the bathroom. And George said, How much does this cost? And the angel said, nothing this is heaven it's your reward and George was just overwhelmed he looked out the front door of his mansion and he saw this beautiful golf course like nothing he'd ever seen in his life and George said how much does it cost to play that golf course and the angel said George you have to understand nothing this is heaven it's your reward and so he gets Sue and they rush over to the golf course and as they get to the golf course they go into the clubhouse they see a restaurant and as they're looking in the restaurant they say this amazing buffet there are steaks and fresh seafood and desserts of all kinds and george says to the angel wow i've never seen anything like this how much does this cost And the angel said george you need to understand it doesn't cost anything this is heaven it's your reward and then George said well are there any low calorie options fat free options on there and the angel said George this is heaven you can eat all you want you'll never gain weight you'll never have cholesterol issues you'll never get sick just eat all you want this is heaven it's your reward and George turned around to Sue and said if it hadn't been for your oatmeal and your brand muffins we'd have been here 25 years ago (laughs) and uh, all the men said amen to that heaven are we going to eat food there some people ask the question are pets going to be in heaven it's a great question some people ask are we going to play golf are we going to watch football are we going to shop in heaven And some people ask the question, are we going to use technology in heaven? Because technology is so much a part of our lives. And so I wish I had time to answer every question. If you'll ask your parents or you'll ask your preschool leaders or student leaders or kids leaders, they're excited to answer those questions for you. Just ask them. There's just not enough time to answer all the questions that still remain. If you want to talk about those, sometime I'd love to have some conversations with you. But on a serious note, I want to answer some questions that still remain that are straight from God's word that are relevant for you and me this morning. And here's the first one. Is it possible to know that we're going to heaven? That is a major, major question. You know, as I think about royal weddings, people get invited to those. As I think about the King's coronation coming up here next weekend, many people are getting invited to that. And so I when royal weddings I went to the mailbox every day and I never got an invitation. Been going to the mailbox every day, but I still haven't got an invitation to the King's Coronation. But what do we know when it says is it possible to know that we're going to heaven? Let me get you to fill in these two blanks. Number one, personal invitation. Even though as I go to the mailbox, I never got an invite to the royal wedding and I've never gotten an invite to the king's coronation next week, here's what I have been invited. I have been invited to attend the marriage supper of the Lamb. I have a seat at the table. And you say, why? It's because of his invitation as a young boy sitting on those basement steps, the grace of God and the love of God changed my life, forgave my sin, saved me, changed my life for all eternity, and has guaranteed that I'll spend eternity in heaven and I will be able to attend the marriage supper of the Lamb. That is a personal invitation by Jesus Christ himself. And as we think about that, there are many invitations in the Christian life. He invites us to trust him as our savior. He invites us to follow him as our Lord in discipleship. He invites us to serve him and to make our lives available that God wants to use us in life to make a difference in the lives of other people. But how is he inviting you and how are you obeying the invitation of Jesus in your life? When he invites you, Your answer should always be, yes, Lord, I'm going to do exactly as you asked me to do. What is he inviting you to do? Number two, spiritual assurance. As you and I think about this idea of spiritual assurance, I meet people in life all the time who lack assurance in many areas. It's not uncommon for me to meet with someone who says, I'm not for sure if anyone in my life loves me or not. I mean, that's a difficult place to be when you go through life and not sure if people around you even love you or not, but they lack assurance in that. I meet people a lot who go through life and they don't really comprehend the potential they have in life. They're just unsure of what their life means and what they could accomplish because maybe somebody has spoke into their lives and ultimately said to them, you will never amount to much. And so as a result, they just lack assurance that they could ever do anything great for the Lord or for anyone else. And then I meet people on a consistent basis who who you ask them the question about, do you know that you're gonna spend eternity in heaven? Do you know you're gonna be with the Lord Jesus Christ? And many, many people, maybe some in this room and those watching, just do not have assurance that when they breathe their last breath, that they're gonna spend eternity in heaven. Here's what many people say. I think so. I hope so. Maybe it will work out for me in the end. And that's why the Lord has given me a great passion for personal evangelism, turning everyday conversations into gospel conversations, because I want to make sure people go through life and understand that when you breathe your last breath, you don't have to think so or hope so, or maybe it's going to work out. You can know that when you die, you're going to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can know that today. That's the truth of God's word. And I could share with you story after story after story, even over the last two weeks of people that I've been able to engage in gospel conversations who did not know that if they died, they'd spend eternity with Christ. But here's the great thing, because of his invitation, they now have spiritual assurance because they prayed, called on the name of the Lord, turned from their sin, put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he wonderfully, gloriously saved them spiritually from death to life, from darkness to light. Only Jesus can do that. Here's what we know from God's word. John chapter 14, verse three, Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. That is spiritual assurance. First John chapter five, verse 13, everyone who believes on the name of the son of God shall know that they have eternal life. That is spiritual assurance. When Jesus was crucified on a cross, two criminals on his right and left, one of them cried out to him, asking Jesus for mercy and forgiveness. And what did Jesus say to him? Today, you shall be with me in paradise. That is spiritual assurance. And so you can go through life not saying i think so i hope so or maybe you can go through life saying i know i will be in heaven because jesus christ is the savior of my life he's changed my life and he promised me that i would spend eternity with him in heaven you can know that today so the question is it possible to know that you're going to go to heaven and the answer is yes second question will we know one another in heaven One of the things that I appreciate about ministry and I get get it a lot, questions. One of the things we notice about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was here walking on this earth, he asked people a lot of questions. And so I just encourage us in the Christian life, train yourself, disciple yourself, help some others around you that you know how to ask questions in life. Many times people will ask me as a pastor, how do I know the will of God for my life? That is a wonderful, wonderful question. There are times people ask questions. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? It's a a wonderful question that you can answer from God's word in many ways. And then here's sometimes people are going to say when we get to heaven, are we going to know one another in heaven? Well, I want to give you some answers to that. And so I want you to look at God's word here. Look at number one, as you see, you and I will be fully known. And I've given you some scripture verses because I want to make sure what I teach is based upon God's word. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, the Bible says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Here's what we know. In heaven, we are going to be known. The scripture says that. We're not going to have memory issues. We're going to be alert and we're going to be alive and we're going to know one another and we're going to be able to see the Lord Jesus Christ and saints throughout the ages and we are going to be fully known as God's word says. There were two senior couples going to dinner one night and on their way the men were sitting in the front, the ladies were sitting in the back and so Bob and Fred were sitting in the front seat. And Bob said to Fred, hey, Fred, last week you went to that memory clinic. Did it help you? And Fred said, absolutely, it helped me. They gave me the latest techniques on how to remember names and events and dates. He said it was so, so helpful. And Bob said, you know, I'm thinking about going to that clinic myself because some things I just can't remember. I can't remember some names. I can't remember dates. I can't remember events. And so can you tell me the name of that clinic you went to because I want to call them and maybe make an appointment myself. And so Bob could see in Fred's mind, I mean, it was turning. He was trying to remember the name of that clinic he went to. And, and so again, the men are sitting in the front and the ladies are in the back. And so Fred's mind is just racing, trying to remember what that clinic's name was. And so finally Fred said to Bob, well, can you tell me, the, what, what is the name of that flower? It's got a long stem and it's got thorns on it. He says, it's a rose. And, and Fred said, that's exactly right. So he turned around to the back seat and he said, hey Rose, what is the name of that clinic I went to last week? in heaven, you're not going to have to go to any memory clinics and you're not going to have memory lapses. You're going to be fully known as we see in God's word. Number two, you and I will receive new bodies. I just let that sink in for you for a moment. You're going to receive a new body. Do you understand this? In heaven, there's no cancer. You understand in heaven, there's no heart disease. Do you understand in heaven there are no aches and pains? Those things are going to be over. Philippians chapter 3, it says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you living with eagerness for the return of Jesus Christ in life? One day to hear the trumpet sound, and one day, come Lord Jesus. What a glorious day that's going to be. And one day he is going to come again. And so he says also, who would transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. What a body that's going to be. No aches, no pains, no cancer, no heart issues, no sinuses, no allergies, none of that stuff anymore. And so when we think about heaven, are we gonna know one another? We're gonna receive new bodies. He would transform this lowly body to be like his glorious body. Number three, you and I will be like Jesus. As we look at this passage, we see in 1 John chapter three, uh, he, he talks about what this means in verse two. And he just says, "Uh, beloved, we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. The goal of the Christian life, when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you trust him as your savior and he forgives you, the goal of the Christian life is that you will be conformed to the likeness and image of Jesus Christ. That's who he wants us to be. That's what it means to be a Christian, a little Christ, someone who acts like him and speaks like him and lives like him. The goal of the Christian life is Christ likeness. How are you doing when it comes to discipleship? when did you come to Christ and how long has it been since you trusted him and how are you growing and developing in your life to be like the Lord Jesus Christ in your life and so when we find ourselves in heaven we're going to be like Christ that he know people absolutely did he know new names new situations does he care about people absolutely he does but you and I have an adversary, we have an enemy, and he tries to convince you and me that Jesus doesn't care about you, Jesus doesn't know who you are. Look at all the people on the planet. Why would he know you, and why would he care about you? We have to realize we have an enemy, an adversary, but he is a liar. The truth is not in him. And I want you to know the Lord Jesus Christ, who left heaven and came to Bethlehem and took on human flesh... And lived a perfect sinless life. He knows you. He loves you. He cares about you. And he gave his life for you. And you can know him in a personal way. Number four, you and I will be at home. Second Corinthians five, verse eight says, What? Absent from the body? Present with the Lord. Uh, no matter what your address is on this on this earth, where you live at in town or the region or wherever you're from, this is not home. We are simply passing through. We're pilgrims. We're sojourners. We're passing through. He gives us different years for different people. And one day we're gonna be at home and that is to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Can you imagine what it's gonna be like to get home and to be with Christ Jesus? Home is going to be heaven. And then number five, you and I will see the Lord. Revelation 22 verse four says what? His servants will serve him, but they will see his now we've talked about several times over this series on heaven what it's going to be like to see the face of the Lord Jesus Christ and again some things we can only imagine will I stand will I fall on my knees I, I have a suspicion I'm going to be on my knees when I see him why because of his glory and his radiance his splendor when I see the face of the very one who loved me and cares for me and died for me I just imagine I'm going to be on my face before him in adoration and worship and celebration. But you and I are going to see the face. Will we know one another in heaven? The Bible says we will be fully known. Question number three. I think about this question a lot. What took place in heaven today? That's a significant question. And several years ago, we had the opportunity to travel to Yellowstone National Park massive, massive park. And I remember being in Yellowstone and trying to compare it to Mammoth Cave. And so I stopped someplace and was asking directions on how to get someplace. And if you've ever been to Mammoth Cave, many of us have, and you can drive from one end of Mammoth Cave to the other one 10, 15 minutes and kind of be out. And so I'm in Yellowstone. I pull over and I ask somebody directions on how to get to this place, how far is it. And I think the guy said, that's probably about a hundred miles from here. I said, a hundred miles from here? Are you kidding me? He said, no, it's about a hundred miles from here. It's a big national park. And I remember pulling over one day and we saw some, some, some buffalo or maybe, I think it was a moose now that I say that. And so I pulled over to see the moose and pulled a car and some guy called me a jerk uh, because I still hadn't gotten over that one yet because I think I was going the wrong way, pulled in somewhere I shouldn't have done, but I'm just excited to see that moose. But, but Yellowstone is a big place. But what is the most popular thing you can see in Yellowstone? Oh, absolutely. You're going to see wildlife and you're going to see the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. Fascinating to see those things. But one of the things that people go to Yellowstone to see is what? Old faithful. I mean, you can almost set your watch by old faithful. It's going to be that faithful, that consistent and that routine. Well, here's what we know. When it comes to heaven when it comes to the Lord God Almighty, he is always going to be faithful. He is always going to be Trustworthy. He is always going to be dependable. What happened and what took place in heaven today? I think about that question a lot because my dad's in heaven, my mom's in heaven, grandmother's in heaven, so many other people in my life in heaven. And then you find yourself thinking, what did they do in heaven today? As you think about heaven, what happened in heaven today? Here we are on a Sunday gathered in this worship center, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ together. What a joy to do that. But what's happening in heaven even at this very moment? And let me give you some insights. One, worship is unceasing. As we see in Revelation 4, day and night, they never cease to say or sing. Worship is unceasing. And here's what they're doing. They're crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Worship is happening in heaven at this very moment. What an incredible thing to think about. Worship is happening. What does that mean? It means that they're singing unto him, but it also means they're bowing down before him. And as the Bible says, they're taking their crowns And they're casting them at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship is happening. Expression is happening. But also surrender is happening in heaven. So shouldn't that happen here on earth as well? Let's make sure we worship him. Let's make sure our worship is expressive. But let's also make sure that we surrender everything we have to him as well. Because worship is unceasing. Number two, fellowship is enjoyed what's happening we see these 24 elders we see them bowing down they're not isolation at all but they're together in the context of heaven and fellowship is enjoyed what does it mean can you imagine having fellowship with jesus christ in heaven can you imagine having fellowship with saints throughout the ages in heaven And Can you imagine being reunited with believing loved ones again in heaven? We are going to enjoy fellowship in heaven forever and forever and forever. In heaven today, worship is happening, but fellowship is happening. Number three, service is practiced. Again, as we think about heaven, oftentimes we separate the idea of worship and service. But when you look in God's word, when you and I serve him, we're worshiping him. There's, there's a connection. So in heaven, we are going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that look like? Sometimes we can only imagine, but we're gonna worship him and we're gonna serve him. And if we're gonna do that for all eternity, why not do that now? Let's worship him and let's serve him now. And then number four, believers are welcomed. Now you can Google these, these stats as well, but it, it, many of them say about 10,000 people around the world, die every hour. We just think about when we're in this worship service, an hour or so, around the world, as many as 10,000 people have passed away. And here's why it's so critical for us that we keep the main thing. The main thing as a church that we make sure we never lose focus of the great commission and the good news of Jesus. Because of those people, when they die, are they gonna spend eternity with him or separated from him? But Can you imagine today, all the people who are going to pass away today, that they breathe their last breath in a hospital room, in a nursing facility, somewhere in an accident. Uh, maybe they're at home in a bed. They breathe their last breath today, and it's you close your eyes, and you wake up, and you're in glory in heaven, and you're with the Lord. Think of all the people who today will be their first day in heaven for all eternity. That's why the gospel is so critical for us. That's why we need to be having gospel conversations because of how uncertain and fragile life is. We don't know when that last day is for you and me and that's why you need to be spiritually ready that when you meet Christ, you know him as your savior and Lord in life. Believers are welcomed. What happened in heaven today? It's about worship. It's about fellowship. It's about service. It's about welcoming those who are believers in Christ. Question four, do you have a guaranteed reservation in heaven? Do you know that you're going to spend eternity there? When you look at God's word, I think about the life of David in the Old Testament in Psalm 39. David lived his life in Psalm 39 and verses four and five. He said, oh Lord, make me know my end. And what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths." And my lifetime is as nothing before you. What's David saying? Lord, let me know what the ends are going to be like. My life is like a vapor. It's fleeting. It's very brief. And then I'm going to be with you. He wanted to understand what life was about. James, in James chapter four, is going to do something very similar to that. He says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? And here's what James says. You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. What is David saying? What is James saying? Our lives are like a mist. They're here for a moment and then they're gone. Now, I want to make sure as we come to the end of this sermon series and we think about heaven and, and what questions still remain, I want to make sure you realize when it comes to eternity, there are only two options. There are not three, there are not four or five, there's only two. Those who are believers who die spend eternity in heaven with Christ. But also understand this next statement. Those who are non-believers, meaning they never put their faith and trust in Christ. They never confessed that they had sinned. They never confessed that they needed Jesus. They never surrendered their lives and said, forgive my sin, I repent, I turn from my sin, I put my trust in you. If those individuals die outside of Christ, they spend eternity in a place called hell. Heaven is a real place. Hell is a real. Those are the only two eternal options that you and I have. Heaven with him, hell separated from him. Now the question is, Well, how do I have a guaranteed reservation in heaven? Let me encourage you to write these three words in. Number one is admit. You just admit that you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or you may know some facts about his life and can share that he was a great man and he was a great prophet and an incredible teacher. He healed people, he did all those things. But you admit that you've never turned from your sins, you've never put your faith and trust in Christ. You admit that if you died today, you'd spend eternity separated from him. Why? Because you're not gonna get to heaven on living a good life. You're not gonna get to heaven by earning your way or buying your way. You're going to get to heaven because of what Jesus did for you and for me. One, you just admit that? Number two, you believe. What do you believe? You believe what the Bible says about the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that Jesus left heaven and he came to this earth. He was born in a manger in Bethlehem. He took on human flesh like you and I have. The Bible also says that Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life. He was tempted, but he never sinned. Jesus was perfect in every possible way. In the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed to do the will of his father and said, Father, your will be done, not mine. And the will before him was death, crucifixion on a cross. And the Bible says that obedience to his heavenly father, Jesus Christ, went to a place called Calvary, Golgotha, and he was crucified, nails pierced his hands and feet, crowned the thorns over his head, a sword piercing his side. He shed his blood and gave his life for you and for me. He was, been, he was taken down from the cross, buried in the tomb. The tomb was sealed, the guards were placed there. But on a resurrected morning, they went to the tomb. The stone was rolled away. Jesus Christ is no longer dead. Jesus Christ is alive. And he has defeated death and the grave. And Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved. That's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's why Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It is the name that is above every name. There's something about that name. It is the name of Jesus Christ. And so you you admit that you don't know Christ, but you believe who he is. This is what the word of God says about Jesus Christ, the son of God. He is the son of God. He is the savior of the world. He wants to be your savior, your Lord, and your best friend in life. That's who Jesus wants to be. And then number three is confess. You confess. That's what Romans chapter 10 says. That if we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we shall be saved. And what does it mean to be saved? It doesn't mean to be saved from a violent storm. It doesn't mean to be saved from a car accident. It doesn't mean those things. It means that at one point I was dead in my sins, but because of the grace of God, Jesus Christ has made me alive with him. And I'll never be dead again. I'll live for all eternity with him in heaven. You confess that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What an incredible promise from God's word. Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world. In 2006, Warren Buffett made a a statement that he was going to give 85% of all of his resources, and that would be a lot, he was gonna give those to five charitable organizations. Warren Buffett, very rich, powerful man. And here's what Warren Buffett said. Warren Buffett said, there's more than one way to heaven. And he said, this is a really great way to get to heaven. And what did he mean by that? He meant by him giving his wealth away to these charitable organizations. It was a road for him to go to heaven. Let me say this with compassion. Warren Buffett, generous, generous, and giving 85% of his estate away. But one day, Warren Buffett, unless he comes to Christ, is in for a great surprise in his life. And you know why? You can give 85% of your estate away and that still will not get you to heaven. Because you don't get to heaven based on how you live or earn or buy. You get to heaven because you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Why? Because you're dead in your sins. Well, what do dead people need? Dead people need life. And how do dead people get life? Well, it's Jesus who's victorious over death in the grave. It's Jesus who will give you life. And so we sing this song a lot when we all get to heaven. What a glorious, wonderful day that's going to be. I want to ask you this morning, do you know Jesus as your savior? Not just facts about him, Oh, there are many of us here who can give you a lot of facts about him. But do you know Jesus as your Savior? Not because of your good life. Not because you've done some religious things. Not because when the offering plate comes and you give some. No, it's because, Lord, I know you love me. Lord, I know I've sinned against you and disobeyed you. I know that Jesus lived a perfect life and died on a cross, buried in a tomb, raised on the third day. And I call on the name of the Lord to be saved. And then he wonderfully saves and forgives you in life. Have you asked Jesus Christ to be your savior? I want us to bow together. and We're going to have a time of invitation, a time of response. And as we bow before him, uh, when we all get to heaven, I want to ask you personally, do you know that you're going to go to heaven today? Not that you think so, or maybe, or you hope so. Do you know that you're going to go to heaven today? Do you have people in your life, family members, friends, neighbors? classmates, coworkers, other people that they don't know that. And you need to have a, a compassion for them to say, I want you to be in heaven as well. I want to share the gospel, the greatest message you'll ever hear, the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to share him with you so you can make a decision, surrender your life and trust Jesus as your savior. How many here this morning need to follow Christ and believers baptism? How many here this morning need to Make a decision to join the fellowship of this church. And how many here today need to make a decision to say that he's inviting you to be his disciple. He's inviting you and calling you into ministry and you want to say yes today because he's inviting and he gives you spiritual assurance. Every head bowed, we're going to give an invitation and we're going to sing a song. We're going to stand together in just a moment. I want to encourage you. Don't procrastinate. Don't delay. Don't put it off to next week or three weeks from now. But if you need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, surrender your life to him. Walk forward. Walk down one of these aisles. Share with us online the platform you're watching on. We'd love to help you know Christ and have spiritual assurance. And if we can help you with any other spiritual decision, our pastoral staff's gonna be here. Our prayer teams will be here. You can respond to us on the platform you're watching on. And I promise you, we will respond back to you. Because our mission is to see boys and girls and men and women, dead in sin, find life in Jesus Christ. And that way, one day when we all get to heaven, what a glorious, wonderful day that's going to be. One day one day. Lord Jesus thank you for giving your life for us. Thank you for the promise of heaven and thank you that even on this Sunday you give us another invitation your patience your goodness, your faithfulness your love to say yes to Jesus Christ maybe for many for the first time in life and to say Lord you love me, I've sinned against you and at this very moment I turn from my sin. And I put my trust in Jesus Christ, the only way to be saved. Jesus, it's all about you. And we invite people to come to you as you use us to serve you and to serve people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.